0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mastermind of FM. I hope you're all doing great. In this episode, we'll be discussing a crypto investment platform in the shape of uHodler. And I'll be joined by my dad, as usual, and Anthony Cerullo from uHodler. And we'll be discussing the products that are offered by this platform. Now, this platform basically is providing a way where people who have been hodling, uh, the term hodling will be discussing it in the program as well so basically holding crypto it offers these people a chance to get some returns on that crypto without selling it and on the other hand it can also help us get a loan by providing the our crypto as collateral so it's useful for those who want a fiat loan as well now there are other such platforms in fact we've also had other platforms on the show in the past and we'll have more in the future for sure. So I always try to understand what makes one platform different from another. And that is one of the main reasons why I'm interviewing all these different platforms. As an investor, I need to make sure that, number one, the platform is trustworthy and I also want to know what's unique about that platform. So then I will be able to make the decision on which platforms, either one or multiple platforms, depending on what I need to invest in. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Anthony on the show. Before I do, if you are liking this new format of episodes that we're producing, basically investing focused finance, all helping you as an investor, especially in the European region, to invest your money wisely. If you like these types of shows, please go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. I appreciate all the reviews because it makes us feel like we're doing the right thing. And if not, if you don't like these new types of shows that we're doing, please email me podcast at mastermind.fm and let me know what you'd like to see on these on these shows. So without further ado, let's go and learn more about you, Hodler. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to mastermind.fm.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So to start off, uh, could you tell us a bit about you and the platform, u that we'll be discussing today?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, as you just said, my name is Anthony, and I am the editor-in-chief of the fintech platform, u uh, We like to say fintech because technically we are just a financial technology company. I know decentralized finance, DeFi, is a very hot word right now, but we're not in that category, so we just prefer something kind of neutral financial technology. And uh, I'll get into a lot of the platform later on today, but to simply put it, we are just a crypto back lending platform with a variety of different features like savings accounts, different lending solutions, trading wallets and exchange capabilities.
0: All right, so I'll pass on the mic to my dad. So we'll take the role of someone looking at the platform As an investor and basically the questions that would emerge from looking at the platform as a first time investor.
2: Okay, good morning, Anthony, and welcome to our podcast. Um, People my age, I'm 64 years old, would like to assess uh, new opportunities, especially um, in the cryptocurrency area. This is something that uh, intrigues us, although... We don't have that much knowledge as yet in general, I'm talking in a general manner. The first question that comes up is how safe it is to invest in cryptos, how safe it is to uh, trust platforms that are sprouting out. I went into your website and uh, I noticed that uh, you mentioned Switzerland and the EU as the two key places where you are based. Can you explain to us a bit uh, your setup and the jurisdictions that uh, you are based in?
1: Right. Uh, so the company started in legally operating in Cyprus. That was our first kind of headquarters. And over the recent years, we've, recent two years, we've started making movements in Switzerland, uh, specifically in the western part of Switzerland. Um, as you know, Switzerland is very friendly with their crypto regulation. Uh, friendly, as I mean, friendly isn't tough. They they don't let many things go by that are illegal or shady. So we found that it's a very good place to kind of incubate our platform and make a lot of connections. Uh, so we have the last two years, we spent time trying to establish our legal entity in Switzerland, which we have finally accomplished, and then we are going to be setting up a home base there eventually. Uh, but kind of corona kind of put a halt to all these plans so we're kind of pending and uh right now we are have a pending finma fintech license in switzerland as well so as for Swiss clients we can only accept them in a limited capacity right now
2: yes actually um regulation comes uh, comes up as a very important issue because Many people, rightly enough, ask, but uh, how are these platforms regulated? Can I have peace of mind that there is uh, an authority supervising them? What are your comments about that?
1: Well, I, I can't speak for the, uh, the legal aspects of the platform. I'm not the, I'm not the lawyer of the, the team. But yeah, there are two ways you can go. There, you can be kind of finding solace in a more Wild West kind of country, which there are many out there, where there are no regulations. And on on the upper hand, you can operate your business a little more freely. You don't have to worry about so many laws or uh, authorities breathing down your neck. But at the same time, you also attract kind of a unsavory user base. So the reason why we prefer Switzerland is because it's very strict on the regulatory side of things. And we think that brings a higher quality client to the platform that is using the platform for good and not for some of these shady operations you see in less regulated countries.
2: Okay. Therefore, what kind of uh, tests do you have to pass to acquire a license to operate in Switzerland?
1: Um, again, like I, I don't handle the legal side of things for the company. That would be something you'd have to ask one of our, our, our CEOs or someone on a legal team. But from, from what I can tell, that it's a very lengthy process. I mean, we've been doing it for two years and there's a lot of paperwork you must fill out, a lot of meetings a lot of interviews so yeah it's definitely not easy but we think it's worth doing for sure
2: yeah one question that comes up is how deep and resourceful is your team i have checked about your ceo mr Ilya volkov Um, i imagine he's uh, russian he seems to be quite uh, an interesting character and um he has a certain clout in the in the business it seems and recently has been also appointed as chair of the Crypto Valley Association Western Chapter. Do you see this as enhancing the name of of your company, of your platform?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yes, he is a very interesting guy. He's a great boss. Big fan of him. I don't want to speak for him, really, but from what I know, Avelia, is that he thinks you, Hodler, our company, can only thrive if the entire industry is successful, like the entire crypto industry. So hence, uh, I would say his personal motivation is to develop the industry and be an active part of the industry until it reaches its true potential and beyond even that. So to do that, he's very interested in the development of the industry's infrastructure. And that's why he's taking a hands-on approach, specifically in the Crypto Valley Association, which you just mentioned. So uh, being very active in this association is one way to kind of develop the industry in a hands-on way. So uh, this position has really allowed him to work closely with organizations from both traditional worlds of finance and also the new blockchain world of finance uh, to build a bridge between the two worlds. And this is kind of creating like a more efficient industry. And he's also speaking at many colleges in the Western part of Switzerland to kind of attract these young tech students to the new industry. And kind of get some new fresh minds, innovative minds into the industry. His philosophy, which I kind of share also, he's all about building a bridge between these two worlds of old and new, where I don't want to name names, but many of these new kind of crypto platforms are all about like um, unbanking yourself and just kind of removing yourself from the traditional finance and kind of burning it to the ground, which me and Ilya kind of disagree with that. We think that there is a world where these two can work in harmony, and we can kind of make the global financial ecosystem a lot better and more efficient together.
2: It's quite interesting. How does he do that? Building a bridge between the
1: two, the two worlds? They seem so different from each other. Yes and no. I think a lot of the big banks you see out there, like, uh, you know, the big names that I don't really have to mention, but they seem kind of reluctant to cooperate. And in my opinion, that's kind of a sign that they're threatened. But you do have a lot of smaller banks that are very willing to take part of this new economy, this new digital economy. And you're seeing it with like an America, uh, Fidelity is a big investment firm that is starting to open their minds towards crypto. In Switzerland, there are several banks that are starting to operate with digital assets as well. And some more fintech kind of banks are starting to come around. So it's a slow process, but just kind of meeting with them and educating them it's all about money it's all about profit so kind of just showing other banks how they can benefit still from this new digital economy while kind of not slowing it down not putting too many regulations in place and still keeping the users satisfied i would say it's an art form of negotiation i guess that's how he does it he's an expert negotiator between the two worlds interesting
2: and uh, how much is the platform dependent on uh, mr volkov and how deep is the organization what kind of resources uh, can it boast of
1: so yeah he's the ceo but i would say it's very much a team run organization we have an amazing tech team that is lightning fast in delivering new products we have like new coin listings every month we have new feature updates they're great and uh he's definitely not solely responsible it's very much a team effort our team is about i think it's just around 20, almost 30 people now. So I they're pretty small in terms of uh, most kind of other companies that have been around since 2018, but our team is very uh, strong. And I would say they have a unique experience coming from commercial finance in the past, FX, CFD trading, creation of e-commerce, e-learning platforms, and of course blockchain and distributed ledger technology experience. Our team kind of combines all of these wisdom and practices and also we kind of have the spirit of the startup industry kind of a fast-paced around-the-clock industry and we just kind of combine that all into one to kind of get you u-hauler and that's what you get so it's very much an evolving ever-evolving experience
2: and are you spread around the world or you're concentrated in one particular country
1: yeah yeah we're definitely around the world most of our team is based throughout europe Uh, I'm from America originally, but currently I'm living in Indonesia. Uh, We have another employee in Indonesia as well, kind of traveling kind of doing a nomad kind of situation. Uh, But yeah, we're very much a global company and we hope to keep it that way. So we want to keep adding more teammates from around the world. And yeah, if you have experience, I mean, this is a quick little plug. If you have experience in blockchain industry and you're looking for a job, contact you, Hodler, and we'd be happy to talk to you.
2: Well, talking about Hodler. Um, I remember the first time that I saw this term, I was a little bit baffled, and I thought that it was a spelling mistake, and you adopted it (laughs) in your platform's name. Can you give us a bit of a background uh, for our audience to understand why
1: this term hodl? Because normally you hold, not hodl. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, you're definitely not the first person to say that. I think it's a common misconception. I guess it's kind of, it comes from like the meme era of the early days of crypto. The normal term is HOLD, H O L D. And uh, that's like a very popular strategy for crypto enthusiasts, just simply buying crypto, uh, putting it in their wallet and holding and just waiting until further growth. I would say it's probably what most uh, crypto enthusiasts are doing right now. They're the majority. Uh, So I I don't know exactly where it came from, from what forum, what website, but I do know at some point. Someone said HODL, which is like an acronym for hold on for dear life, which uh, I guess that's like talking about the extreme volatility in crypto, which we are all accustomed to. We all know that it goes up and down violently, violently and frequently sometimes. So you kind of must have that hold on for dear life mentality if you want to survive in this industry. Uh, so, yeah, that that HODL kind of went around as a meme and it kind of stuck. We use it because our platform helps people hodl. That's like kind of the whole philosophy of our platform is we don't want you to sell your crypto. We want you to keep it and we can give you loans. We can give you uh, savings accounts. We can give you margin trading tools. We can give you all these things that help you hold on to your crypto. So you don't lose the value of the asset when it rises later on.
2: Well, actually, this uh, leads us to the next question. Therefore, if I invest in cryptos. And uh, I say, OK, it's long term, but I, then uh, all of a sudden I need some cash. Therefore, you help me uh, from what you're saying with your products to get that cash uh, without selling uh, the cryptos. And looking at your products, uh, the two main products are um, depositing cryptos for cash. OK, Yep. we can start with that maybe instead of selling I deposit my, my cryptos and you give me cash. How, how does it work?
1: And um, I, I believe you're talking about the crypto back loan. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it works like this. Um, you deposit your crypto to us, which you then use as collateral. And we have three different loan plans. And each loan plan has a different loan-to-value ratio, different loan fee, different loan term. Uh, I can go through all those later if you want or right now. But just to say, yeah, we have three different loan plans. So you deposit. Okay, them. let's take a simple example:
2: uh, okay. a one-year, a one-year uh, arrangement, for example.
1: So. Therefore, um, I
2: give you, um, let's say, ten thousand worth of uh, cryptos. Mm-hmm. You assess the loan-to-value, um, so that you can uh, cushion yourself against um, uh, ups and da- downs. Actually. Any volatility in the price, any downward trends eventually of of, uh, cryptos so that you remain covered and you advance to me uh, a percentage of that in cash, right?
1: Right. So the loan to value ratio is predetermined. So the maximum uh, loan term we have is 180 days by default. But I will say you can do custom loan plans if you want to do a year. We'd be happy to accommodate you. But let's begin using the 180 days one as an example. So in this case, the 180 day plan has a 50% loan to value ratio. So you deposit one Bitcoin as collateral, you would get half the value of one Bitcoin as a loan for 180 days. You don't have to pay back the loan for 180 days. And for this plan, we have a 40% margin call level, which means if the price of the Bitcoin drops 40% during this 180 days, then it reaches margin call, and we are forced to close the loan to protect ourselves. And in that case, we close the loan, you keep the cash, we keep your collateral, and uh, everybody is happy, I guess, so to speak. So, yeah, that's 50%. That's the lowest one we have. But if you choose a 30 day loan plan, the loan to value ratio jumps all the way up to 90%. So, if you deposit one Bitcoin, you get 90% of the value as a loan. However, with the higher loan to value ratio, you also get a much riskier margin call, which is only 5% for this one. So the price of Bitcoin drops 5% and we're forced to sell your collateral and you keep the cash, we keep the crypto. Yeah,
2: you enforce the security by sort of confiscating my cryptos, right?
1: I would say confiscating is kind of a hard <laughs> word. But, yeah, uh, but
2: uh, essentially, that's the way it works. Correct. Okay, Correct. because otherwise, to recover your money, it would take you, you know, lengthy legal processes and all that. Right. The first exactly. important that I would know that before I um, put my Bitcoins or, or cryptos with you, there is that risk. And how much interest do I pay?
1: So the interest rates vary. Uh, for the 30-day one, for example, it's 1.7%. And it's just a loan fee. So you just pay a one-time loan fee of 1.70% for the 30 day plan. And you just pay that upon repaying the loan. Therefore, that's
2: uh, your platform's income,
1: right? Yes. Yes. For the loans, that is the platform's income because we have several different features, but for the loan portion, we get our income from the, uh, loan fee. Okay. And interest? There's no interest. Actually. That is, you just pay the one-time loan fee. You just pay the loan amount plus the 1.7% loan fee. But as I said, if you uh, choose different loan plans, this loan fee increases. Like we'll go back to the 180-day loan plan, for example. The loan fee goes to 7.5%.
2: Okay. Another product that you have is um, that this is quite uh, interesting, actually. I have the cryptos. I am keeping them on a long-term basis, but I'm not earning interest. Um, or I'm hoping is that I will get capital appreciation at the end at a certain point in time. Therefore, I can deposit them with you and you give me interest, right?
1: Yes. Yes, that's correct. Uh, our savings accounts.
2: If I understand correctly, you are also into stable coins. Stable coins attract the higher interest of 12%, mm-hmm. right? It's a standard rate of interest yes and uh, for our audience when we say stable coins um, it seems that it is a uh, midway between fiat currencies and cryptocurrencies and it seems that stable coins if i understand well are backed by the fiat currencies uh, can you explain to our audience the uh, concept of stable coins
1: right so uh, the name derives from stability obviously uh, because fiat currencies, fiat, for those who don't know, that's kind of like currencies that we use in our everyday life, such as the U.S. dollar, euro, Swiss franc, Australian dollar, you know, normal everyday currencies, they, they, that's called fiat. And uh, they're stable because there's not much volatility going on there. So what many traders do is they kind of use stable coins as like a safe harbor from volatility. To kind of pull their funds out from the more volatile assets of Bitcoin, Chainlink, Ethereum, for example, and kind of put it into stable coins on the exchange to kind of save themselves from any volatility or price loss. So the idea is, and this is kind of debatable among some people, especially with some stable coins like Tether, for example, Tether claims that every single stable coin is backed by one U.S. dollar at a one to one ratio in and this is like through a federal reserve. There, there are many debates about this. There are many, many stablecoin companies like Trust Token, for example, they're highly reputable, very regulated in the United States. And uh, they also say the same thing that one of their stablecoins is backed to one US dollar. So it is very similar to like a fiat currency on the blockchain. If
2: okay, therefore to- I will get the advantages of the blockchain. Everything yes. can be fast, uh, you know, without any restrictions as such, you no? um, yeah, but um, it's difficult for me if I hold uh, stable coins to hope for some major uplift no, in value.
1: Yeah, if you're just holding stable coins, like in a random exchange for some example, then it will only go up as much as uh, US dollar or Euro goes up, for example, which as we know is not, not very much. <laughs> So it's not a great investment, really, per se. That's why I made the savings accounts.
2: Okay, therefore, um, if I give you uh, Bitcoin, for example, mm-hmm. how much would you give me in terms of return around 4 3 4%? Uh, yes,
1: yeah, so let me check the most recent uh, number we have for Bitcoin right now. We have 4.8%, and that is compounding. So actually, it's a little more than 4.8%. Uh, but if we're just talking about APR, then for Bitcoin you get 4.8 percent per year. That's over a 12-month period with weekly deposits. So we pay you interest payments every single week.
0: And how often do the interest rates change?
1: Very rarely. I think Bitcoin we just changed one time since the very beginning, but the rest have been solid since we've uh, listed them.
2: And why do you differentiate between Bitcoin and maybe some other cryptocurrency? In terms of rate, is it because of uh, the volatility rate of of uh, these cryptos that affect uh, the the interest rate
1: that's definitely part of it, but I would say it's more of a supply and demand kind of thing uh, simply put more people are interested in stable coins on our platform, so we're offer to we're able to offer a a higher higher rate so let me just talk about why we're able to you might think twelve percent is very high right like if you're going to a bank. For example, I don't know about in Europe, but in America, they're almost 0% for...
2: Yes, yes, <laughs> that's the way it is in Europe as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's horrible. So 12%, everybody's like, wow, how can you guys do that? That's pretty crazy. So the reason is, it's our loan savings model. So savings assets are part of like our liquidity pool in order to provide loans, which we just, just discussed. So at the same time, the profit from the loans is uh, refreshing a liquidity pool in a circular fashion so the balance between the these two products the loans and the savings accounts allow us to have terms that you see on our platform like 12 percent, for example
2: therefore if i give you the the cryptos and you give me
1: interest what do you do with the cryptos uh we just we just hold it as part of our liquidity pool we don't uh, trade with it we don't uh, we're not taking any risk with it it's just it's there no
2: but if you give me interest you must have some other income
1: Right, we get that income from the other trading products, the loans, uh, classic loans, turbocharge, multi-huddle. So we use the profits from those features to pay the interest.
2: Okay, but does it pay the platform to do this?
1: Uh, yes, we've been profitable for, yeah, we're profitable, so it's been working.
2: Therefore, is it a sort of loss leader that uh, in turn brings other business?
1: Yeah, I would say definitely if you want to look at it that way, the savings accounts are definitely the, the funnel. It's kind of the way to bring all the clients in. And then once they come in, a lot of them start using our other products. And that's where we get the profit, not the savings accounts.
2: Okay. And in terms of uh, fiat currencies, talking about fiat currencies, if I have fiat currency, do you offer any type of deposits that I can do with you and you give me higher rate of interest than banks?
1: Uh, Some other platforms do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware many of our competitors are doing that right now and we would like to do that but we just don't have the proper licensing to offer fiat uh, savings accounts interest on fiat so like i said earlier a lot of these um, licenses are pending right now so as soon as we get this rolling we'll definitely be doing that in the future for sure okay
2: and are you open to uh, Hmm. basically the whole world uh, respective of race religion jurisdiction (laughs) whatever
1: we are a worldwide company. We serve over 180 countries, but there are there is a long list, not a long list, I would say about 20 countries we do not serve, uh, most notably the USA. We do not accept clients from there because of uh, their regulations. China is another big one. We do not accept uh, clients from uh, Iran, Pakistan, a few of these Middle Eastern countries we do not work with. Uh, mostly it's just kind of the situation of their government at the moment. Uh, In the future, we'd like to accept everybody. So if I I named one of your countries on this list, please just follow our blog, follow our Twitter, and we will be making announcements of when we're accepting these banned countries on there. Yeah, I mean, there are some countries
2: that are sort of put on the gray list or black list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, something like that. In terms of language, do you use only English or European and you communicate in
1: various languages with your clients? Yes. I'm glad you asked this because this is kind of like a personal battle for me. I'm always pushing to get the app translated into as many languages as possible. Japan is one specific country. I would love to get the app translated into Japanese because that is a huge country for crypto and they have a very high quality user base. I would it's that is easier said than done to translate the app into other languages. So, um, at the moment, the app itself just English for now, which is unfortunate, in my opinion.
2: And as I start, can I start with something really small to test sort of the platform? Or is that a, is there a minimum threshold of uh, value?
1: No, for savings accounts there is no minimum. You can deposit as little or as much as you want. Well, actually, we do have a limit. We have a hundred thousand dollar limit, hundred thousand U.S. dollar limit for savings accounts. And um if you'd like to just kind of test the platform you can request demo funds we have demo funds available
2: and uh, in terms of know your client um, documentation yes do you differentiate between know your client documentation for uh, depositors and borrowers or is it basically the same
1: right so to use any feature on our platform uh you must pass kyc that is very important. So, yeah, everybody has to pass identity verification before they can do anything on the platform. But it's a very easy process. It's uh, pretty straightforward. Okay, th- this is
2: important because there are some people who, you know, when they see the long list of questions, they just say, you know, I give up. I don't want to uh, to go through all this hassle. This is something that is becoming normal. You know, uh, wherever you invest. But uh, it does, I think, present a bit of an obstacle, but something that we have to live with. In terms of uh, security, and perhaps Jean can speak more about this. In terms of wallets, I mean, when I deposit my cryptos with you, then maybe we will discuss some other services that you might provide. How can I put my mind at rest that uh, you are safe, that you cannot be hacked, or you have insurance, or uh, something uh, dramatic happens?
1: Yeah, that's an amazing question, because that is on the forefront of everybody's mind, I think, in crypto. We've all heard heard the stories of, like, um, Mt. Cox and all these exchanges that have been hacked and millions and millions of dollars stolen. And I think it's, like, the number one keeping people from adopting crypto in a mainstream way i think people are super worried about the security of these platforms it's not like real money where you have hard cash and you can feel it and hold it it's just kind of out there and people are like where is it going who's holding on to it how do I, how do people steal it people are very cautious and we understand that so we do use industry best practices when it comes to crypto storage to give you an example we never keep all the funds 100 percent in hot wallets which is like an online wallet So we use a mixture of both hot and cold storage. So you have to have some funds in hot storage for liquidity purposes just to make sure the transactions are going through properly. But we keep the bulk of it in cold wallet storage, which is uh, secured and nobody can get to it to protect users' funds. Also, about three months ago, we started incorporating Ledger, Ledger Vaults technology. I'm sure you're familiar with Ledger. They're uh, one of the most popular hardware wallets out there. And uh, Ledger has another subcompany Ledger Vault. They're a leader in crypto security, for those who don't know Ledger Vault and blockchain applications, industry-leading and independently certified security. So yeah, we have them. And the benefits of that, most importantly, we let you u securely control the crypto assets, for example. It's a multi-authorization, self-custody management solution. And uh, U-Hodler benefits from Ledger Vault. We have a pooled crime insurance program. Uh, this is the most important. Everybody's always asking about insurance. So it's a pooled crime insurance program, which is uh, up to $150 million. And this is led by Arch UK Lloyds of London syndicate. So the insurance covers various risks, including uh, risks of employee theft caused by collusion, third party theft of private keys, master ease in the event of a physical breach of hardware security, So I could ramble on about Ledger Vault all day, but I want to bore you guys. Oh, it's important. So yeah, I guess the main thing is we have a crypto insurance up to 150 million. And uh, Ledger Vault brings a very uh, reputable name to our platform. And we're very excited to work with them in the name of good security.
2: But when you say 150 million, what percentage of your portfolio does it cover this, this,
1: this amount? Right. So yeah, I am not able to really disclose that number. Because UHoller is like a we're a private company. We don't have any publicly traded coins or tokens, so uh, we don't typically like to disclose financials like that. Um, but I could always put a request into CEO and see if he's willing to. Well, I'm asking uh,
2: because private- uh, if there is a problem, um, as an investor, I would like to know uh, whether I would lose. Everything, whether I would lose up to 50%, whether I would lose lose up to 20%, yeah. I think uh, it would give um, some comfort, but uh, I respect uh, your, uh, your rules. Jean, I don't know whether you have some other questions on security and maybe whether clients can use you um, uh, hodler to put their mind at rest that their cryptos are safe. Obviously, I'm familiar with
0: Ledger, but the main question is always, as you mentioned, how much, like 150 million might seem a lot to some people and might seem, I mean, some people have 50 million in Bitcoin. Can they put them in your hotler and feel safe? Probably not given the 150 million. So it's a bit relative. So I think, as my dad said, it would be useful for people to know how much of their crypto would be covered because I think people in crypto are familiar and with, with risk, they're familiar with risk. They know that what they're doing is risky, but it's always good to know how risky it is as, as I would find it difficult to, I mean, I am looking at you Hodler personally to put my money there, but this is one thing that's probably the main block that I have, the, the stumbling block that I have to get over in order to feel comfortable investing. What happens with
1: the, with the crypto? Yep, and that's a very justified concern. Without giving away too much details, I, I could say that right now, the $150 million is more than enough to cover uh, the platform. And if we get to the point where we have more users and that's no longer the case, then we will definitely make an adjustment and increase our insurance program. So that way our clients are protected as much as possible. And uh, in terms of hacks, that's a very real risk as well. But uh, all our cold wallet private keys, I mentioned cold wallets earlier, all cold wallet private keys are fully isolated, stored and encrypted within a hardware security module. So they're never directly handled by any day-to-day operators, which uh, severely reduces the risk of any kind of fraudulent behavior, no risk of human error, Uh, But at the same time, we maintain a system of flexibility and instant access to your funds. So your funds are never locked. People are always worried about their funds being trapped. Uh, Not your keys, not your crypto, as they say, but you always have access to your funds because we use a a combination of hardware and software solutions. So it's a nice mix. So you can always get your funds withdraw, deposit whenever you want. We'll never prevent you from doing that.
0: Just to close off on the Ledger Vault part, when we talk about $150 and pooled, Mm-hmm. Is it correct in stating that 150 million is dedicated to YouHodler and not shared with other companies, and the pooled means that it's pooled around all users of YouHodler? Is that correct?
1: Yes, very correct. Well, we do not we don't share that insurance with anybody else but YouHodler. That's 150 million just to U-Hodler clients only.
2: So for Anthony, uh, when you say cold storage, do I understand well that? I would give you my cryptos just for security purposes, for a fee. Because many people are worried. I mean, what if I lose my wallet? What if somebody steals it from me? What if I am hacked? Therefore, what kind of service do you offer in this respect? And what are the fees?
1: Um, So there's no fees to just simply store uh, your crypto on you, although you can just deposit and keep it there if you want, and it'll be safe. So we don't charge anything for storage at all.
2: Okay, therefore, when you say cold um, storage, uh, do I understand well that it would be just a deposit? But do I get any interest just the same
1: by doing that? Uh, Yeah, you would still get interest just the same. So you would just keep it in the wallet in your profile, and you would still be earning interest on your wallet for sure.
0: Just to expand on this topic, I think it's interesting because a lot of the Bitcoin maximalists always say, not your keys, not your crypto. But the reality is that most people have lost money not through exchanges or platforms, but simply misplacing their keys or through some kind of issue on their side. So finally, it's actually, in my opinion, for most people, it's actually (laughs) safer to keep their money on the big exchanges like Kraken, Coinbase, you know, rather than keeping them uh, themselves. Although even these exchanges tell people to keep their own keys and remove any crypto that they have that is not used for trading. That's the dilemma that's currently, I think it's partly because of the early stage we are in crypto right now. So it's still quite technical for someone to understand what they're doing with their crypto and how to keep them safe. So the idea, I guess, for some people would be, yeah, you hodler has the ledger vault. They know how to handle the technical stuff. Why not just store my crypto on you, HODLer, and also get some returns? So that's, I think, yeah, a valid question, mm-hmm. which I think from the HODLer side, it would be a bit uncomfortable because you also say you should store your own keys. But on the other side, you're kind of providing a custody service
1: in a way. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I 100% agree with you. So yeah, like I said, our insurance covers all things that could go wrong on you hodlers end. So like if there's any employee theft, we have a bad employee that is causing some trouble or like any kind of third party theft of uh, private keys, master seeds, et cetera, or a hardware a physical breach of the hardware security, all these things would be on you hodler So in that case, we're responsible for giving you uh, back your money in the terms of insurance. But in terms of like what you said, if you lose your own keys, you send something to a wrong address that is out of our power, And we can't do much to help you there so yeah be careful
0: (laughs) and to clarify a bit for my dad about the cold and hot wallets um basically an example of a hot wallet would be the wallet you have on your phone for example the typical crypto wallets that we have on our phones where we can just send crypto to each other very easily and an example of a cold wallet would be the ledger device that we store basically the difference is Hot means connected to the internet and cold is not connected to the internet. So you greatly minimize the risk by disallowing access to the general internet. And when we deposit money on you, HODLer, it is their responsibility on how to manage the mix between hot and cold. But you, what you see is in your account is you deposited the money and you're getting the interest and that's it.
2: Well, I'm always learning. <laughs> Um, Anthony, uh, on your website, which is quite user-friendly, I would say, and uh, detailed, uh, you mentioned two other products, Um, although I would say that probably they are meant for the (laughs) crypto-savvy investors. (laughs) Can you explain to us a bit multi hodel and turbocharge? Yeah. If you you don't mind,
0: um, could I just run through a few things I had on the the, the two products that were mentioned, the crypto loans and earn interest, and then we'll move on to the other two products. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, please go ahead.
0: All right. So first of all, I would like to give a, a bit of context as to what your target investor is, because as we know in crypto, there are people who are just experimenting, coming in and there are big holders of crypto typically these platforms from the imaging and the wording in my opinion in my view they seem to be targeting certain sectors of the crypto investor space do you have any particular investor in mind when you offer these services there's the hundred thousand limit that you mentioned already so there's already that that limit. that kind of gives an idea what kind of people you're looking for
1: right And also the $100,000 limit is not only related to our target audience, it is in some ways, but it's also just kind of related to uh, the size of our platform. So as we continue to grow larger and larger, we will be attracting larger whales, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to answer your original question, I would say we are going after two main groups of crypto enthusiasts. One is kind of like the passive hodler, who is kind of casual, who... Has some Bitcoin in their wallet, they have a few, maybe of the top 10 cryptos in their wallet, and they just want to model or hold these cryptos and not do much else with them. So for that, we offer savings accounts. So we can be like, you can still hold your crypto, you're still being a passive hodler, it's fine. But come on to you other put your crypto here, and maybe you can start to educate yourself on some other strategies uh, in the crypto market, but we're not forcing them to do anything. So we just ask them to come, try out our platform, deposit your crypto, see how you like it, read our help desk section, watch our videos, see if you guys want to explore some more things.
2: Therefore, I would be a typical
1: um, target, right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You're a prime candidate for a passive toddler, (laughs) so to speak. Um, And then our other group would be more like your son, I guess. Someone who's a little more tech savvy, who is very familiar with blockchain technology, who maybe has experimented with trading in the past, but maybe they're not an expert on crypto trading, but they, they know what it is and they know how the market movements are going. So we call those active hodlers. We have passive hodlers and then active hodlers. That's what turbocharger multi hodl are for, are for the active hodlers. They're people who want to explore different ways to multiply their crypto kind of using loans as a leveraging tool. And maybe they don't want all the complexities of like Binance and Kraken exchanges with all these order books and all these rollover fees and all these kind of technical complicated aspects of professional crypto trading. So we kind of offer a slightly easier way to trade with some advanced features involved as well. But so, yeah, I guess active holders are not exactly experts like super experts, but I would say they're very knowledgeable and uh, smarter for sure than the average Crypto enthusiasts in terms of crypto knowledge.
0: Yeah, I think that's a clever way to go. Go, go for it. It's actually, I've always kind of find myself somewhere in between the the passive hodler. It's the first time I I come across the active versus passive hodler term. But I've always found myself a bit in the middle between the traders and the hodlers. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of the crypto-backed loans. Who are the typical customers for taking out loans and
1: what do you see people doing with these with this money well funny you say that because we started in 2018 and in 2018 we were exclusively crypto back loan platform that was the only feature and because it it was a really trending topic back then there was a lot of companies doing that and uh making good money from it and a lot of people were very interested in using their crypto as collateral to get money to pay their tuition, pay their bills, to go grocery shopping uh, without having to sell their crypto and miss out on future growth. But over the years, that audience that has kind of disappeared, I don't know where they went. (laughs) Maybe they just got more knowledgeable about the industry and now they've become active hodlers. I'm not really sure. So yeah, now I would say loans are, they're still a popular feature on our platform, but definitely they've decreased in uh, popularity greatly over the past year specifically. So people are way more interested into our turbo multi huddle feature now, and savings accounts. Savings accounts is by far the most popular feature.
0: Okay, and uh, how about? I mean, in Malta, as in Spain, banks are not very crypto friendly. So withdrawing money from the bank to put it in a crypto platform, most likely either to get your bank account closed or to receive a call. Asking for many questions, yeah, that's ultimately, from that one, yeah. ultimately dissuading you from using these products. Same the other way around. If I take a loan, I put in my crypto and take a loan in dollars or euro, put them in my bank account. They're going to ask me, where's this money from? Is this crypto related and all that stuff? Have you had any such problems and how do you manage this problem? That's not your hodler specific but it is a real problem that users have in the crypto space.
1: Absolutely, 100%. It is a it is a big, big problem for not just us, but for the whole industry. Banks' unwillingness to cooperate with these crypto platforms. And in a way, I do see where they're coming from because they're trying to protect their users from possibly collaborating with like a scam company. And I get that. Uh, but at the same time, it is really kind of hindering the mainstream adoption of the industry, because the the main thing, in my opinion, is what is holding this industry back. It is still not easy enough for someone who has like no knowledge of crypto to use. Like my mom, she don't has no idea what she's doing. She doesn't even know what she she. I showed her hauler I showed her even Coinbase, which is one of the most user friendly exchanges out there, and she's like, I might as well have been showing her some Martian alien language. Like, what is this? Why are there like 3 million keys for my wallet? I don't understand anything. So I feel like if banks were able to cooperate and just provide like a super easy on-ramp to all these crypto platforms, it would do wonders for mainstream adoption. Um, but as of right now, 2020, that's still not the case. A lot of our users are very hesitant to deposit fiat into u for that very reason. So yeah, a lot of them, I guess, are just buying stable coins or crypto on other exchanges and then depositing it that way. But again, it depends which country you have. Like we do have a lot of people that do directly deposit Fiat with us with no problems. It depends on the bank. It depends on the country. There's so many factors that are in play here. So it's definitely not convenient. I'll say that.
0: Yeah. And we were seeing uh, exchanges like Kraken now open their own bank in the US. So I guess that's something that we're going to be seeing more of not only in the US, but also In Europe and Asia, going forward, and possibly that's one of the solutions to finally get the traditional banks moving and seeing the opportunity. And as you mentioned earlier, I've also seen some Swiss banks go towards the crypto digital asset custody route and start providing services to bigger companies, but eventually also to the retail investor. Mm -hmm. That's good.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. What Kraken is doing, and I hope. Other companies in the space start to follow that lead for sure. Uh,
0: going back to the crypto loan, we, I'm, I'm seeing some advanced features under the manage your loan section. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like set, take profit price. Are these like the bridges towards the other products or?
1: Yes and no. Yes, it kind of is a bridge to something like multi-hodl just to kind of get you familiar with these features. But I would say more so it's less of a, sales pitch and more of just a way for users to control their loans better to have more just have have more flexibility instead of just kind of like a basic loan where you borrow money and then you pay it back on this date clean and simple. We've noticed over time a lot of users have requested like some more flexible options like oh what if I want to use the value of my collateral to pay back a loan. Like say you have one bitcoin as collateral and when you deposited the collateral it was at $10,000 per one Bitcoin. Then over the course of a month, who knows Bitcoin could have jumped to 15,000. And now you're like, wow, I can use some of that value of the increase in collateral to pay back my loan. So we added feature like that, for example, if they wanted to go that route. Um, So yeah, all all these different tools are just more ways to help users manage their loans better and kind of avoid the margin call situation and kind of to exit at the right time and just Reduce risk as much as possible because really it's not in our best interest for them to get a margin call we like don't want we don't want that to happen where people just close their loans on time and everybody win
0: I've heard some other platforms talk about the tax efficiency of taking a crypto loan versus selling the crypto and thus obtaining access to fiat currencies to use in daily life. Uh, could you maybe shed some light on how that is a much better option to take out a loan instead of selling your crypto
1: tax wise? Oh, tax wise? Well, again, this is this is a tricky question because it, uh, from what I understand, it, it's very highly dependent on which country you come from. So I guess the most obvious one would be you don't sell your crypto, so you don't have to pay any tax the on capital gains tax. Capital gains tax, exactly. But from what I understand, on uh, some countries, you still have to report uh, just simple h- hodling of crypto, even if you're not selling it. Like, for example, if you buy Bitcoin at 10,000 and over the course of a year you don't sell it, but it's just rose in value to 15,000, you still have to report those gains. Again, I'm not sure. It's a very different thing for country. So, the loan nowadays in 2020, you can't really escape it with just a loan. I think you still have to report your taxes every year. And that's becoming more and more popular on every platform. You're seeing platforms with the special option to download your trading history for tax purposes. Uh, so I think gone are the days when you can just uh, uh, use crypto as collateral for a cash loan to avoid capital gains tax. I, I recommend personally just reporting your taxes every year just to be safe. Okay.
0: And uh, you also mentioned the liquidity pool, which I'm sure many people won't be familiar with. Could you explain what is a liquidity pool?
1: Right, so the liquidity pool is basically on the platform. There's many transactions happening back and forth. We have conversions, people exchanging Bitcoin for fiat, fiat to stablecoin, back and forth, back and forth. So we have a pool of all these funds set aside so we can kind of operate these transactions very quickly and efficiently. And if that, is, if that pool is not big enough, we have several partnerships with uh, some big exchanges who kind of help aid us in that liquidity pool, just to make sure the transactions are going through very fast and efficiently. And we kind of always have money being liquid, as I may, on the platform, flowing easily to user, to you U-Hodler, to exchange back and forth.
0: And how do you make money from, because earlier you mentioned that the savings accounts, the percentages, that the interest percentages are funded by the liquidity pool.
1: Yes. Right. So. Yeah, that's where the we pay out from the liquidity pool, but as I said before, all the profits come from our fees on loans, multi huddle, turbo charge, and we also have exchange fees for people exchanging crypto on our platform. Okay. And all these fees are listed on our website. You can go to the help desk and just type in fees and we'll have a whole list of all these different uh, withdrawal, exchange fees, everything for you to see.
0: All right. So how about we go into the multi huddle and the turbocharge products then that we mentioned are, are more for the, how do you say, active active hodler? Yeah. Is that the term?
1: Great. Yes, yes, active hodler, yeah.
0: So so let's say I've been, I've been depositing my crypto on your hodler, I feel comfortable, and now I want to play around and see if I can make some more money over and above what I'm getting as interest, right, from the savings account.
1: Right, right. So let me start with Turbocharge. Yeah. And yeah, I'll try to explain this as simply as possible for people who are not familiar with this kind of thing, because it's, it's pretty innovative. I'm, I'm really proud of the tech team for inventing this. I guess I'll start with a little backstory. Let me tell you how Turbocharge came to be. So we started noticing several people on our platform doing something unique, loans. So they would deposit crypto for collateral. They would take a loan, a cash loan, like US dollar, for example, Then they would take that and just buy more crypto on the platform and then use that crypto as collateral again for a second loan, get cash again, take the cash, buy more crypto, use it as collateral, and then repeat this process many, many, many times. And we're like, wow, this is like really great idea. It's a common strategy seen uh, in traditional markets dating back to many, many, many years ago using loans as leverage. But we're like, these poor guys, they're spending so much money on fees and they're spending so much time doing all this manual labor. Let's just make it easy for them with an automated tool. So that's what TurboCharge is. It is just a, they use this, we call it a chain of loans principle to help people kind of multiply their collateral using a small starting amount. So like I said, people are taking this chain of loans. So with TurboCharge, you can choose between three loans to 10 loans in the chain. And it's just a matter of a couple clicks of a button. You just choose your crypto collateral you want to multiply, how many loans in the change chain you want, and then you just click Turbocharge and then the process starts. Yeah, so then you can see how much your crypto is multiplied. In order to access that multiplied amount, you must pay back a loan. The thing about Turbocharge is it kind of only works if it's a bull market, right? Because if you have this crypto that's suddenly multiplied, let's say you start with one Bitcoin, then you multiply it to 10 Bitcoin. You're like, that's great. I'm going to pay back all this money and get 10 Bitcoin. But what happens if the Bitcoin price drops like 50%? Then you're kind of left with, not only do you have to repay the loan, but you just lost a bunch of value from your collateral. But flipping it the opposite way, if you have 10 Bitcoin, all of a sudden it leaps up to 100% profit in a month or whatever, then not only do you cover your expenses for paying back the loan, but then you get 10 Bitcoin that's increased in value, and you end up profiting. So uh, it's a great way for people to kind of use a very small starting amount for someone who doesn't have a lot of capital that wants to kind of get into trading and wants to start multiplying their crypto. This is a good way to get started. It is riskier for sure than some other tools on our platform, but we do have a couple different loan plans. Like we have loan plans with a more forgiving margin call and longer loan terms so you can kind of play it safe and go that route. Or you can be more risky. It's all all up to you, really.
0: And how is it different from the leverage trading of Earth by big exchanges like Binance and Kraken?
1: I, w- I would say it's inspired by that, but uh, I personally haven't done any leverage trading on there. But is it is it 100% automated over there? Is it more manual?
0: I haven't tried the Turbo chart, so it's hard to compare. But right, I think the leverage trading is the more traditional way of doing it. Where you can get like up to ten times leverage on Kraken, I believe. And other platforms offer even more. Again, it only works if the price is going up as you get
1: rigged. Right. But so yeah. It's more user friendly, definitely, because yeah. it you can do the whole thing in just under a minute. And another unique feature is with every loan in the chain, uh the, the fee decreases point one percent. So uh, you're, you're actually saving more on fees as you go down the line and our fees are, for turbocharger, lower than, from what I understand, other margin trading platforms. Okay. So lower fees, a more user-friendly ability, just kind of more efficient process overall.
0: What's this close without repay feature?
1: You can just close the loan and uh, just not repay. So that, then... that would self-explanatory. but um, yeah, in that case, we would just, uh, just keep the collateral and would keep Uh the money okay it's kind of a evolved version of turbo charge if i may yeah go ahead multi hodl uh like i said our turbo charge feature was first we invented that first but we thought it was not really fair to only have users profit during bull markets or like it's not really fair we want to give people opportunities to profit in every single turn because as you know the market is like a yeah like a saw the teeth of a saw it's going up and down up and down and each of these movements represent chance to profit. So with this tool, instead of just lending you money to buy more crypto, we also lend you money to short the market. So you can long or short, depending on which direction you choose. If you use the app, there's just two buttons up or down, very user friendly. So yeah, essentially, we just managed to make margin trading a user friendly experience with multi huddle. And you can multiply up to times 30, which is a lot higher than other exchanges. Again, that comes with more risk, but some people enjoy taking a little risk. So, yeah, you can choose the long or short the market using leverage. And our fees are much more competitive than margin trading platforms. Uh, no hidden fees. Everything's very transparent on the platform when you start. And, oh, very cool. Say you have a stablecoin in your wallet. You have, let's say, EURS, Euroback stablecoin. And you want to multiply that using Bitcoin's volatility. If you don't have any Bitcoin in your wallet, that's fine. So you can choose uh, the Euroback stablecoin as a source of funds in multi and then choose Bitcoin as the kind of a uh, multiplier and you'll follow along with Bitcoin's volatility. So uh, you can multiply your stablecoin through the either up or down longing or shorting Bitcoin actually. Uh, it's very hard to explain just with words. We have many great resources for multi-huddle. We have videos on YouTube that kind of walk you through the whole process step by step. We have, for more people who enjoy reading, we have long articles that walk you through the process step by step with words and pictures. So if what I said just makes no sense, <laughs> which <laughs> probably doesn't, uh, yeah, please go ahead and check our YouTube channel and our help desk portal. Just one... Uh
0: thing is here I've seen the barbell strategy uh, yes. piece here what what does that mean the barbell I'm, I'm not getting the the association with with these two products and the barbell idea
1: right I'm glad you asked We're big fans of this very well known author Nassim Taleb nassim nicholas Taleb, maybe you heard of him yeah uh, yeah he I don't think he coined the term barbell strategy, but he's a big advertiser of the strategy. And it's simply what it means is if you think of a barbell, right, you're lifting it. You want balance on both sides, right, or else you're not going to be able to lift the barbell effectively. So to take from that, you want to balance your portfolio in a similar way or just in any way you want to, really. But really just what it involves is keeping some portion of your portfolio in safe, stable profitable assets that are kind of always growing no matter what the condition of the market is and then using like a slightly smaller addition of your portfolio to more riskier activities but more profitable because if you keep 100% in a stable coin savings account for example that's great you're going to make 12% a year that's like great if you want to play the safe route but meanwhile Twelve percent is really nothing compared to what some of these people on multi hodl are making, where they're making two, three hundred percent profits in a couple of days. But of course, we don't recommend you going all in and risking everything on multi-huddle. That's not really smart. So that's why we are big proponents of this, uh, of this barbell strategy, where you can we recommend keeping like seventy or eighty percent of your funds in a savings account. Where it's safe. You're not going to lose anything. It'll keep growing, and then taking twenty or thirty percent to kind of play with these more risky but also potentially highly profitable tools like Turbocharge, charge multi huddle and the balancing act of those two is kind of that's where the barbell strategy comes into play i
0: was just misleading with the image trying to understand how i can lift with 80 percent on one side and 20 percent on the other no,
1: i think it doesn't really make sense because imagine if you're lifting a weight that's yeah. 80 weight on one side yeah it doesn't make sense but um i guess you could do 50 50 also if you really want to risk it you can do 50 and yeah. savings 50 in multi-huddle that's for my personal taste it's a little too risky but that would kind of go more in line with the barbell picture <laughs> yeah
0: what would be cool i think and the multi-huddle thing is if you could follow other other people who are getting the higher profits similar to what you can do on etoro the social yeah. trading thing is this something that's in the plan
1: uh, i i can't disclose anything <laughs> official but <laughs> we've definitely talked about this before and we love this idea and we're just kind of figuring out how to how to implement it and uh, we also have a lot of other things on the priority list but it's definitely an idea we're talking about for sure
0: cool is there any place where users can follow these ideas or voice their opinion i know if you have the telegram group which i checked out and there's quite some activity there i don't know if you have any other places for users, be able to communicate as a group and with the people behind you, Hudler.
1: Yeah, sure. So yeah, like you said, we have a Telegram group, which is pretty active. You can say whatever you want on there, Well, as long as it's appropriate. <laughs> uh, keep it PG, please. <laughs> but we also have, we're active on Twitter. You can DM us on Twitter anytime you want or just tweet at us on Twitter. Uh, to be honest, Facebook and LinkedIn, we're, we have accounts there, but that's just more for promotional stuff. So in terms of community, I would say Telegram is our biggest community. Twitter next. And of course, if you just want to talk to us personally, support at uhodler.com. will take you to our uh, support chat and we're there 24/7. Our whole team from me to our support staff to our tech team all the way up to the CEO. They read all these messages every day. We're all reading it. So if you want to like give a suggestion to us like you just said with the multi huddle idea. Uh, I would suggest sending it to support and that way all the eyes will see it and we can discuss it. And also we've been kind of slacking on this recently, but we normally do ask us anything sessions, normally every month or bi-monthly every two months. And before these sessions we will submit like a questionnaire to our audience and have you guys submit any kind of questions you want to hear answered. And then we'll do kind of like a Zoom conference call where you guys can all join and you'll all see our faces on video and We'll answer your questions live in real time and maybe even pick on you to answer your question live in front of the audience. Uh, So that's been a great tool. And hopefully we're going to do another Ask Us Anything session end of this month. I don't want to speak too soon, but the plan is to have one end of November. Excellent.
0: I just wanted to mention two things before I wrap up. Uh, One thing we haven't mentioned is the Bitcoin wallet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like a Bitcoin wallet like many other wallets that you can choose from and is it a gateway to all the other products that we've been talking about as well
1: uh so the bitcoin wallet is just kind of like another wallet on the platform like it's not necessarily a gateway it's just uh just a wallet as as are all the other cryptos and stable so coins. it's not
0: a separate application that i can download
1: um no you have a separate landing page Maybe that's where you got that from. You have like a Bitcoin yeah. wallet landing page, but that's just more for search engine optimization reasons. Okay. Uh, the Bitcoin wallet is not separate in any way; it's just part of the platform along with all the other wallets. Okay.
0: How about the other platforms that are you're competing with? How would you say that you differ from them? There are many now, but there, I think there are may, maybe six, seven big ones. Um so why would I choose your hodler versus the others or maybe right. spread my crypto on different ones but what's your best feature kind of
1: Right so I personally don't like to talk too much trash on these competing platforms I don't think that's a healthy business model yeah. at all but I will say that what makes you hodler different from a lot of these other competing platforms is for one we are not a publicly traded company as in we don't have a token that we are forcing you to buy or promoting you to buy uh, a lot of these platforms offering savings accounts, for example, they have these outrageous rates of like 15%, 20%. But in the fine print, it's like you have to buy our token first to unlock these high rates. And in my opinion, that, that's kind of just a very dishonest move, kind of a little sneaky move. I don't like it. It kind of doesn't sit well with me. So we don't do anything like that. Our interest rates are, you see what what you see is what you get we are very transparent. We don't force you to purchase anything on our platform. We don't even force you to use our other features. Like you guys can just come deposit crypto and we'll be very happy to have you. Uh, So that's one major difference for sure. I would say another major difference is that we have 100 percent original features. If you look at crypto back loans uh, on these other platforms, they're all kind of the same. We have the highest loan to value ratio of anyone on the market. Ninety percent. You won't find that anywhere else. We have flexible loan terms. We have longer loan terms. We have way more collateral options than the majority of the other platforms. We offer customized loan plans. If you don't like any of our three uh, default loan plans, you can talk to us. We'll give you a customized loan plan just for you. None of the other platforms have these margin trading tools like MultiHodl or TurboCharge. These are all 100% original. Uh, so if I had to sum it up in two words, I would say transparency, with the fees, with our interest rates, with our overall company profile, transparency and innovation. Because I truly do think we are very innovative in our features. We're not just another copycat platform. We really are doing our own thing. And we do kind of separate ourselves from these other platforms. I don't even consider them in, in our same industry, really. I kind of think we're doing our own thing. Excellent,
0: yeah. I do agree with, with the way you describe things. I don't know, my dad had some other questions.
2: Not really. Um, I think it has been a very (laughs) comprehensive and exhaustive discussion. Thank you very much, uh, Anthony. Uh, I've learned a little bit more today (laughs) about cryptos and the way uh, they work and how you can render them safe. Uh, That's important. We are seeing uh, a bullish market at the moment. It will be interesting how uh, how it will develop. I don't know whether the US elections or COVID are affecting the What are your views about these two elements?
1: Uh, well, I think it would be kind of foolish to say that they're not having some part in these price movements. Generally, if I if I want to speak about the elections and COVID, I think both events are providing just a lot of uncertainty overall for financial markets. There's countries going in and out of lockdown. You have economies tanking. You have V-shaped recoveries in some countries. It's just the whole thing is a mess. There's a lot of uncertainty. People don't know whether to invest or take their money out. Nobody knows what's going on. And that's why I think you see these, these up and down movements so so rapidly. And um, crypto specifically, I think in my opinion, crypto kind of feeds off the downfall of traditional finance, if I may. So if there's like any kind of doubt that Like hyperinflation, for example, a lot of countries are pumping, pumping, printing so much money out of the economy to put into these failing economies because of the lockdowns. And uh, that's great. But at the same time, it's causing inflation and maybe even hyperinflation in the future. And that's going to devalue the currency. It's going to devalue the euro, going to devalue the US dollar, possibly. And so I think crypto kind of thrives off that. They say this is our opportunity. This is going to pump all kinds of money. Into crypto and that as a result we're seeing prices kind of shoot up right now Uh, again I'm not a financial expert that's just my personal theory but yeah that's a long-winded way of saying yes these two events have a big impact on the industry
2: okay Um, that's all from my side thank you very much and uh, good luck and uh, we're glad to have you on our podcast yeah
0: thank you guys thank you and and that's a wrap for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Like I said in the beginning, you hodler is a very interesting platform that I think all those who are hodling crypto should take a look at, especially if they want to make returns on their investment. And what I liked about this episode in particular was the differentiation between the passive hodling and the active hodling that Anthony mentioned. So. For those who are just passive hodlers, but want to get some returns, you hodler is a good option. And for those of us who are a bit more adventurous, which would be falling under the active hodler type, I think that this platform provides us with that bridge between the just buy and hold and the high risk trading that can happen on exchanges or other specialized websites and platforms. So I encourage you to check out this platform it's uhodler.com I'll also be leaving some links in the show notes so check out that page too things like how to know whether uhodler is safe how the multi huddle works and other things we discussed in the show so for going into more depth on these do check out the show notes and in the show notes you'll also find a link to my full review that I had produced a while earlier on my blog over at jangalea.com Uh, To close off, if you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. And if you want to give me any feedback personally on the podcast or let us know who you'd like to have on this show, please go and send us an email at podcast at mastermind.fm. That's it for
1: now, and I'll see you all in the next episode.